At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, August 12th, and today we're going to be looking at some of the latest NBA news, just a little bit of that, and more importantly, we're going to be talking second and third year and maybe even fourth year breakout candidates, young rising players who have a chance to break out this year who haven't done so yet as we attempt to answer the question, who will be this year's Desmond Bain? More on that in a second, but I am joined right now by Steve Alexander and Jonas Nader, my Friday waiver wire friends, guys. There's something that just makes me feel whole as a human being, being here with you guys on a Friday, even though we have no waivers to talk about as it's the middle of August. How are things? It, it's been a minute, boys. I'm, yes. I miss you guys. Yeah. It really has. Yeah, really. It really has. Um, I haven't had any podcast, missing podcast dreams lately. Most of my dreams now are related to golf or trivia. Wow. I do have a question, though. Now yeah. that we have Jonas Jonas Nader on the horn. Yes. Um, I have a question for both of you. I wrote up the Oklahoma City Thunder player outlooks for the draft guide uh-huh. two days ago. Okay. I need to know, are are they going to tank or are they not going to tank? Like, I can't figure it out. 100%. <laughs> 100 percent 100 okay on the scale of chet to Wimbanyama, chet is a three when banyama is a 10 okay chet is an amazing prospect he's going to be really really good could be a superstar when banyama is just completely different level maybe two tiers higher they've they've already they're already calling him the best prospect since lebron and i completely agree he's seven he's he looks like a taller rudy gobert with like insane handles and a three-point shot like He's the, he's the the package, right? And I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I mean, yeah. I was literally out with my buddy Zach last night, and we were watching Wimbanyama highlights uh, on on our phones. Steve, and just talking been... about how incredible he is. Steve, this is the last two podcasts you said you've been watching Wimbanyama highlights. So I mean, I that's just... what I do in the offseason, Matt. <laughs> that's all I do. And sometimes I watch the Braves and maybe uh-huh. a, a rookie named Grissom. But Matt Straub, are you are you a hundred percent on the Thunder tanking bandwagon? I'm I'm far enough. It's tipped one far enough one way. A hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, they do have some talent on their on that team where they may win some games. You know, to where they don't have one of the absolute worst records in the league. I guess there's a chance of that, but I, I mostly am. Jonas has been so confident about this. He's been talking about this tank specifically for the last decade. And yeah. this year, weirdly, ten years ago, Jonas was talking about this year how they're going to tank. So, I I tend to still be in that in that area just because of the way the Thunder have operated. Yeah. This is their end game, right? They have no issue pushing Chet to the four and then putting Win Banyama at the five. I mean, if the Spurs are going all in on a tank for a prospect, then you know it's for a reason, right? You know, the last time they did that, you know who they got. So, like, 
It's legit. He's the best prospect since LeBron. So, yeah. And I mean, all these teams are going all in for, right, what, 14% odds, which right. is which is interesting because mm-hmm. well, I guess you're just maximizing your chances. Right. The odds aren't, aren't that great. There's going to be a lot of other teams also tanking for Victor. Mm-hmm. So I just I kind of feel like the Thunder's run of having these number one or number two picks is going to run out. I I, I think feel like they're almost too good to tank as bad as they need need to tank. I don't well, know. Th- that's been the issue. Like the last two or three years, the Thunder have been better than they're supposed to be, right? Because Shea's been really good. Dort's been surprisingly good. They had Giddy, who was great last year. So they were really good. They were competitive up until like February. And they're like, okay, we got to slow down here. Shut and everybody down. down there, guys. So that's, we're going to see the same thing this year. They're going to be like in that 10th and 11th spot. And then they're just going to pull the plug. And then Shea's going to have a bum ankle for three months. And then it's just going to be all these shenanigans again, right over again. All right. Thanks for clearing that up uh, for me, Jim. <laughs> all right. Let's yeah. get into some of these breakout candidates. Now, last week, last Friday, we talked about the viability of fantasy's old guys for this upcoming season. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. This week, we're looking at some early career players who haven't yet broken out but could. Basically, as I said, we're trying to identify who could make a Desmond Bain-style leap. Remember, Bain basically doubled his points from year one to year two, going from just over nine points per game to just over 18 points per game. He was a phenomenal uh, bargain in drafts, et cetera, and on some waiver wires. So let's start this in Brooklyn with one Nick Claxton. Now, stat-wise, he's not going to do Desmond Bain things, right? But he absolutely has the upside and the opportunity. At this exact moment, the center depth chart in Brooklyn is absurdly thin, and Claxton per 36 minutes averaged around 15 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. I mean... Jonas, I feel like we probably will have many guys we disagree on today, but this might be the one or one of the few where we're all on board. Just yeah, I mean, consistent. I was on board with Claxton last year, and remember, he started really slow. I think the opening game was against like Embiid and then Giannis right after, and he just got torched. Yeah. And then, then there was that weird absence where he said he had an illness, and they never said what it was. They said it wasn't COVID or something like that. So we never even got clarity on that. He missed, I don't even know how long, but he was out for a while. But he finally got it together at the end of the season. And in the playoffs, he was at 10.5 points, 6.3 rebounds, 1.5 dimes, 2.3 blocks, and 1.3 steals. Like, those are top 75 numbers. And you look at the net step chart this year, he's the clear number one guy at center, pending whatever happens with this Durant trade that, you know, it's bound to happen at some point <laughs> based on the ultimatum. But, yeah, right. I think Claxton just screams sleeper right now. Yeah, it's interesting. Um he only got 20, 21 minutes a game last year. So yeah. if that number can get up to 30 this year because there's nobody else to play center, I mean, I could see somewhere around 13 points, maybe eight boards, two blocks. That would be fun. That would be awesome. Can he be a fantasy threat if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving – and Penn Simmons are all on the floor with him at the same time. I don't know. Is that going to happen? It does not sound like it's going to happen. I mean, Brooklyn is imploding. Really, the only thing I know about the Nets when I look at that depth chart is Nick Claxton's going to go off. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Turmoil everywhere you turn in Brooklyn, but the Nick Claxton setup appears to be really good this upcoming mm-hmm. year. So, Again, I, I kind of felt like 
we started with one of the more obvious ones, but let's go to Denver, where there could be a very interesting opportunity in front of one Bones Highland. Now, this guy, per 36 minutes, averaged right around 19 points, five rebounds, five assists, a steal, half a block, and three and a half threes. Again, that's per 36 minutes. Uh, Jamal Murray's recovery from knee injury, from this knee injury, as we know, uh, is not going great. So, Steve, we're, we're hearing, we've already heard reports that may not be ready for the start of the regular season, uh, maybe have limited minutes at the start of the regular season. It just seems like Bones Highland is pretty well set up uh, for a fast start to the season. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I mean, he was super fun last year. Now he's had a whole summer to think about that, uh, dwell on that. He's he's more confident than he was last year. Jamal Murray's recovery is, like you said, not going as we had all planned who knows what's going to happen there? Sounds like they're going to limit him and Michael Porter Jr., which just means more more food, more eats for Bones. And yeah. I, I think if you can get Bones in like round eight, I, I, I love that. I mean, I like Bones too. I don't know about round eight, maybe more, maybe a couple rounds after. I don't know. But like if we get another bad report on Jamal Murray, then absolutely. I think that makes sense. <laughs> but I remember last year. One more, one more bad Jamal Murray report, and I'm drafting Bones Highland in the third round. Now, remember, we do, Jonas, as we know, Steve does kind of like to, Steve's an aggressive drafter. So when he says eight, I hear 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear 10 exactly. or 11. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Completely agree. I just remember last year, whenever Bones had a big game, we hear Michael Malone, oh, this kid is so good. He's going to be special. I can't wait to give him minutes. And then he just plays Brent Forbes 45 minutes the next game. So, right. like, yes. I would be more on board if Malone wasn't the coach, but man, Bones has all the tools, man. He's just so dynamic. I love him. Yeah. Dude, I mean, how did you remember that Bryn Forbes played on Denver? Did he play up for Denver last year? Yeah, he did. He God. played like 30, 40 games. Jonas, your mind is like a steel trap, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Steve, I mean, it's it's a good good call, but I mean, I don't know that you know we need to print a plaque for that achievement yeah. or anything like that <laughs> uh, also remember monte morris is gone too that's kind of huge as well like yeah some backup point guard minutes yeah and i mean the one yeah he's he's got like a good path at point guard shooting guard wise i mean we need him getting some chunk of the backup shooting guard minutes too because mm-hmm. remember contavious caldwell pope yeah. aka mr guaranteed 29 minutes just signed mm-hmm. an extension with with denver he he's locked in. I mean, that's just what Contavious Paul Caldwell Pope does, right? He's going to get close to 30 minutes. Yeah. KCP is going to get us 28 minutes. Even Malone said like they got KCP because of how he defended Jamal right. Murray, like a year or two in the playoffs ago. So they right. really like KCP. He's going to get his minutes for sure. But I mean, well, also, yeah. Have you guys looked at the shooting guard depth chart in Denver? Yeah. Can you, could you pick Christian Braun, Adonis arms or Christian Kellen Brown, Brady yes. out of a lineup. You couldn't yes. do it. Yes to Brown. I think it's Brown. Yeah, you Brown could do really it. Good. Yeah, he played for Kansas, man. Come on. Yeah, Braun might get some minutes. You he's, could. He's pretty him. good. There's no way. I, I absolutely watched him play in the NCAA yeah. tournament, Steve. <laughs> he was good in the summer league. He, he didn't hit a three in the summer league. I felt like, but other than that, he was really good. Yeah, you guys right. are crazy. Jonas is remembering Brent Forbes. We recognize this other guy they drafted. <laughs> Super is, sleeper is, Brent Forbes. This is yeah. unheard of. All right, let's go to San Antonio. Devin Vassell had a solid second season last year. Around 12 points, four rebounds, two dimes, a steal, half a block, almost two threes per game. That was in just 27 minutes. He 
did more than Desmond Bain did his first year. But I, I don't know. It just seems like there's a pretty clear path to a lot of minutes and opportunity for this guy. So Jonas, I don't know that Vassell has the the offensive tools to get to you know Bain's 18 points per game, but it strikes me that this is a guy who, who could make a pretty solid leap here this year and is, is one of my top choices to kind of become this year's Bain, if you yeah. will. So you asked the question, who is the Desmond Bain? Sorry, Desmond Bain for this year. I highlighted Devin Vassell. Okay. And obviously, we don't like to give out too much content before the draft guy, but this one's obvious. He's going to be like one of the top sleepers on my list. Yeah. So I did the liberty of pulling up Vassell's stats without DeJounte Murray on the court last year because that's okay. a big loss for the Spurs. He's at a per 36 line of almost 17 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.8 blocks, and 2.6 triples. Like, if that's Man. not Desmond Bain, you know? Yeah. Steve, I know you love the Spurs now. I love Devin Vassell, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the steals alone make him, make him fun. And now you look at the Spurs roster, and this is a tanking disaster that's going to be super fun. Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson should be fun. Like there's, there's a lot to love about Spurs. And I, I think Devin Vassell, I agree with y'all. Like he's this year's bones. Like the, he's going to be the man this year's Bane. You this mean, year's yeah. Bane. I mean, why did I say bones? Well, Desmond we Bane. This year's, this year's Desmond Bane. He's this year's, he's this year's bones. He's going to have like some occasionally awesome games, but not yeah. good enough playing time. <laughs> His coach is going to talk really highly of him and then bench him for Bryn Forbes. Yep. All right. Back to a couple of big men with these next few. James Wiseman entering his third year in the league. Technically, it's really his second. Obviously, he missed off last season. Now, as a rookie, let's rewind. He put up 11.5 points, almost six rebounds, 0.9 blocks, 0.33 pointers, 21 minutes. I, I, I feel like we've already talked about Wiseman a fair amount already this offseason. So, Steve, we don't need to spend a lot of time here. But... For me, this just comes down to how many minutes can he realistically get and where does that land with where he's going to get drafted based on his name? Does that make sense? You know, I feel like I should be a Wiseman guy. Like I should be, oh, James Wiseman, this is this is the year I'm gonna I'm gonna uh-huh. go get it. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not not fall, falling for it, Matt. I I think uh I think he's overhyped. I think the the summer league action was fun. We, he looked good. Kuminga was out there running with him. I like Kuminga better. I mean, Kevon Looney is not someone who should be stopping James Wiseman from breaking out this year, but I feel like it might happen. I'm going to disagree with Doc here for once. <laughs> Go ahead and I'm gonna disagree. disagree. <laughs> yeah, like you look at you look at that depth chart in Golden State. You have 46-year-old future piston Draymond Green, right? You've got Kevin Looney, who will never sniff 82 games again in his lifetime. That'll never happen again. I'm sorry, Kevin Looney. That's just not happening. That depth chart just screams, Wiseman's going to play. He's going to start out real slow, right? 15 minutes. He's going to rest back-to-backs. But for me, I think he's a forward-thinking late-round pick, right? You're drafting him for not what you're going to get right away, but later in the season, when they ramp him up to 25, 28 minutes, we are going to see some big lines from him, too. And they're already talking up the Jordan Poole Wiseman connection in the second unit too, so I think he's a great pick. I think he's going to be a good cost at his ADP as well. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm very curious what the ADP is going to be because mm-hmm. I. Th- I think that's really what it comes down to for me. There is a a line where I'd be excited about Wiseman, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be the guy reaching for him as of now. Anything after a hundred's fair game. Yeah, yeah, I, that's kind of the the line I have as well. And, and it's funny because I feel like as a rookie. 
if I remember correctly, we were drafting him around a hundred. Mm-hmm. I, I, I seem to remember yeah. that. So here we are. I feel like later. I feel like people are going to take him closer to eighty. I, I, I think, well, that's the way your brain works, Steve. You jump up two rounds, remember? <laughs> I feel like the hype machine is going to churn this summer, and by the time October gets here, people will be like, "Got to get James Wiseman." Maybe I don't know, man. I don't know if the hype machine is going to catch up to him. I feel like people are just ready to call him a bust and everything too, just because of the injuries and just the stacked roster in Golden State. I think it's going to be a, a good price. I'll tell you okay. someone we'll who see. Steve thinks is a bust. That's Alperin Shangun. Now we know we know the story here. Christian Wood is gone. Jabari Smith has arrived. But I think the most logical projection has Shangun starting at center. And Jonas, as we know, Steve has sworn off drafting Shangun. So I'm going to ask you first. I assume I don't know for a fact, but I think you're in the opposite camp of Steve, where you're excited about the Shangun thing this year, right? So I don't know if you're being serious or not. Does Steve really swear off Sangoon already? Oh, Jonas, he couldn't. Yeah, like ten different times. Ten different times he said, "I will not draft this guy. I'm going to be wrong. I'll be wrong this year if I have to be. I can't even look at him. If you send me a Sangoon jersey, I'm going to send it back to you." All he said, all of those things. I should leave the chat right now. Look, <laughs> 13 starts last year. 12.1 points, 8.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, one block, 0.7 steals, and 0.7 triples. If you look up Jokic's numbers as a rookie, like, right? It's like looking in a mirror. Look, yeah. I'm not saying he's Jokic, but I'm not not saying he's Jokic, right? Like, yeah. he's going to be really, really good. Steve looks so non He looks so right now. Steve looks. <laughs> I'm, Steve I'm, watching, looked, I'm watching Max Payne. What Steve are you guys talking about? Steve hasn't looked this mad on this podcast in, in months or years. I'm he's he's going to be the hardest player to draft, 100%. Everyone wants him. Yeah. Everyone except Steve. Not me. Steve's out. He's just put his foot down, Jonas. He's absolutely just, out. He but, will not. I mean, look at the depth chart in Houston. I Usman, know. I am Usman Garuba and Boban. Like that's who uh, Alperin Shengun is fighting for minutes with this year. Yeah. So you're proving our point, aren't you? How can he? How could he possibly fail? Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand more. how. How this could how could this go sideways? So now There's, you're just trying to jinx it, which seems unethical. Oh, right. I'm done. I'm out. I'm not doing. Somebody else can do it. Somebody else can Someone have. Well, and he's gonna. He's probably gonna have a monster year, but I'm not doing it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just. So, I went through so principled, Steve. I went I through like twenty five like typical doc guy too, like the the guy that doc takes in the third round. That's what I would have thought. I like, know. I feel like you've just kind of taught you've. You've driven yourself down this road, and now you can't turn the car around. It's too late. But I went through 25 weeks of saying, <laughs> just wait. Hold on a minute. She's going to be fine. And then midseason, it was, we're going to be talking about the bust of the year. By the end of the year, if he doesn't do something this week. Yeah. No, I. I it, but he spurned me. Steve, sometimes we're too early on a guy. I, I remember doing that with James Harden when he first came into the league. Uh, you can be a year too early, and then that player does break out. That's kind of, in a way, what we're talking about here. Matt, in my, one of my very first fantasy baseball drafts ever, my brother was playing with us. And there were 12, like, salty old veterans in there, and and me and my brother. Uh-huh. And my brother's like, Chanho Park for a dollar. And everybody burst out laughing because he could have had him for a dime. And Chan Ho Park was terrible that year. And then the next year, he was like an all-star. 
that's yes. Alper, that's where we are with Alper. Wow, inflation really has done some things <laughs> to these salary drafts, huh? You guys used to draft with parts of dollars and dimes. Was, this it. back in the back in the. Well, I actually know when Channel 1994, man. Yeah, so, wow. I know what's happening. So it was like pennies. Did was the was like a dollar? No, a huge dime, bit? dime was the was the. So the a dollar list. was like ten dollars now. I think our salary cap was like thirty bucks or something. I, I wow, yeah, it's really different. Chanho Park for a dollar. Do you have the full draft board from that draft? I'd like to I go don't. through it. I do not. Okay. okay, well, so much for that plan. All right, well, Jonas and I like Shangun. Steve is just. I like him, but I'm not drafting him. Okay. That's, that's no matter I'm what. No matter what. Well, Let's... I'm not going to say that either. <laughs> I can't okay. believe it. I can't believe okay. it. Let's go to New Orleans. I want to talk about Herb Jones because, on the one hand, we already saw him break out in a couple of categories, as weird as that is to say. He, was, he broke out in defensive stats already 1.7 steals, 0.8 blocks. I mean, that alone puts him on the fantasy map. The question for me with with Herb in his second year is, can he make a jump as a scorer and as a three-point shooter? Because he averaged just nine and a half points, 0.73s. My concern, Steve, is if Zion's on the floor, you know, CJ McCollum's there, Brandon Ingram's there, usage is going to be hard to come by for a guy like Herb Jones. So even if he gets better, how much really can his numbers improve? I don't know that they can. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a scorer in the league. Can we get to 12, though? Can we get to 12 points per game this year? Is that too much to ask? I think it is. It's too much. Because, like you said, I mean, I'm assuming that we're going to see Zion Williamson play basketball this year. I mean, that's it seems a, like we should assume that for now. It's a big assumption. It's a it's a risky take. But, I mean, it feels like we might see Zion play. So if Herb could only do what he did last year without Zion, I'm a little worried about what happens with a full season of CJ. Brandon Ingram should be good to go. Zion, if he's good to go, I mean, I I just think you're looking at a, a defensive wizard, a defensive marvel, mm-hmm. um, kind of a fantasy, kind of a mini version of Draymond. I don't know. I I just don't think he's ever going to score. I was going to say Covington. I think he's a good Covington type. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If he can get maybe a little bit more threes. Um, and I don't care if he scores more, right? I guess like 1.7 steals and 0.8 blocks, right? Fourth in the NBA in steal percentage. If he just does that again, I yeah. think he'll hit value. I think I think it's going to be available like two, three rounds later than he should be. Because yeah. people are like, oh, Zion's back. But they can play. those. All those guys are pretty much interchangeable. Like two through four. They can play those guys anywhere on the court, and they plan to do that too. So CJ could play a lot of one this year too. So I'm still in on Herb. All right. Steve, I like I like Herb late. Like if Herb's mm-hmm. available late enough, I, I I'm gonna take him. I'm not. He's not a guy I'm reaching for. Okay. All right. We have more to come first. We're gonna take a quick break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour and the NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. Okay, back to our early career breakout candidates. This next one I think is kind of, I would, in my mind, an open and shut case. That's Jalen Smith of the Pacers, has a new contract in Indiana. The head coach which we appreciate, has already said he's a starting power forward. He's cleared up our concerns for now in terms of where he's going to play. And he's coming off a run in Indy of 13.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, a block, just about one and a half threes in only 25 minutes. He's a lottery pick, Jonas, from 2020, still just 22 years old. I mean, a lot of things are lining up for Jalen Smith to have a really nice season. Yeah, and we already got the DeAndre Ayton thing out of the out of the window, right? We don't have to worry yeah. about that anymore. And there's another angle here, too, is like, like Miles Turner is good as gone, right? This is his contract year. They're eventually going to move him, too. So you now have two mega sleepers in Jalen Smith, and then you can throw in Isaiah Jackson's name in there, too. So, yes, Jalen Smith should be drafted above Isaiah Jackson right now. But let's take uh, Jalen Smith reasonably late, and then let's grab Isaiah Jackson right after, right? And then we have two prominent bigs who will be – amazing down the stretch right the Pacers are going to tank harder than almost anyone so yeah I'm in on both players this year I just don't know how late Jalen Smith will be available like I don't know if he's going to be hanging around for a 10th or 11th round pick Jalen is a guy oddly enough when when you guys draft Shen Goon in round three (laughs) I'll use that extra pick that you guys gave me to to take Jalen Smith in like eight but I I love him. I, I think it's a perfect setup for Jalen Smith. I love the fact that he's already been named a starter. I agree with you on Isaiah Jackson. Uh, Miles Turner says he's he's numb to trade rumors at this point. He doesn't care. Um, I think he's good as gone, but he's also probably going to have a good year because he's in a contract year. But I'm with you. I'm taking Jalen, and then I'm going to be looking at Isaiah shortly thereafter. And we can't leave Goga Batadze out of this either, right? He... I'm serious. I mean, yeah, we no, I agree. We can. Uh, he's going to be. I don't know if I will be drafting him if Miles Turner is there, but that is a name we have to remember because he he showed a versatile fantasy skill set too, and somehow all of these guys were producing at once late in the season. If you remember, yeah, uh, when Isaiah Jackson was actually on the court, he was fantasy viable. Go go, like two Smith. games, man. <laughs> well, he he had some bad luck. He had some bad injury luck. Let's call it that for yeah. now. Um, but Goga and Jalen Smith were both playing up numbers, and Goga, you know, was a was a pretty dynamic fantasy yeah. guy. Goga's the guy we're going to pick up once Miles is traded, right? Because Isaiah Jackson's already being rostered, yeah. and then Goga's going to be like the waiver wire pickup, yeah. maybe a pickup of the year. Who knows? Uh, I feel call, like Jalen Smith of the year already. Goga Batadze, it's done. 
I feel like Jalen Smith is possibly going to be the next Bones. I'm I, I'm going to call him my next uh, not Dude, Bones, ba- the next Bane. That's just twice. That's twice. Here we now. go. Here it's we go. Bosch. Bones is the new Bosch. I couldn't Bones have here. Bones is the new Bosch. Bones, I'm going to give you a Bane. shot of adrenaline for the next podcast. <laughs> Bones, Bane, Bosch. I mean, how like, how would anyone be able to tell the difference from the funny thing things? is. I just fell for it there when he said that. I was like, the next yeah. Bones? Why is he saying that? And then I was like, oh, yes, he meant Bane. <laughs> there we go. The next Bane, Jalen Smith. Man. Write it down. Love it. All right, we're going to head back to San Antonio where the point guard depth chart, we talked about Devin Vassell's opportunity. There is a big opportunity ahead for Trey Jones. This is another guy we've highlighted a few times this offseason. So, again, we don't need to spend a lot of time here, but just I feel like we got to keep reminding people on this one because – in 11 starts last year, he averaged 13.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists, and a steal. The threes, we, we don't have to talk about. He shot just 20% from downtown, 0.33s mm-hmm. in those starts. But otherwise, Steve, what a stat line for another of your favorite San Antonio Spurs. Jared is all in on Trey Jones. All I'm close. In, I'm all close. the way. I like it too, man. I, I Trey Jones and Devin Vassell both. I, I will actually... Again, this year, tune in and watch uh, some Spurs games to watch those kids play. And the sky's the limit for Trey Jones. Like, he he has to break out. Absolutely has to. And Jonas, it's – now, look, 11 starts last year. It's not like we can just cut and paste seven and a half assists, but yeah, that's a big number. If this guy can get anywhere close to that, so many point guards in the league, you know, average four or five – I mean, seven and a half is a large number. Yeah. You know who this reminds me of, these numbers? TJ McConnell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The low points, high assists, though. Rebound. Get those that steal number up a little bit. I mean, yeah. low turnovers, especially for a guard, that's huge. Right. I think it's going to yeah. be a very efficient category player. Like I said, the concern, though, out of two years, he's twenty-two percent from three career. So yeah, maybe we see some improvement there. But right now, I think he's kind of in that T.J. McConnell role from two years ago, where he's just going to be floating to the top one hundred on the high assists and high steals alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt, we have a we have a listener comment from Psychopath twenty five twenty five. Okay, he says, "Watch out for Josh Primo." I think we talked about Josh Primo as I don't know. It could have been months ago. It could have been weeks ago. I like that call as well. They drafted him really early. I when I was watching some Spurs games last year, I remember being impressed. You know, he he showed flashes. I think he was about eleven years old last year. So yeah. I mean, this is a guy with. I'm not kidding. He yeah. He he might have been the youngest player in the league last year. Um, I'm going to look super up. raw, but I'm going to look, I mean, long-term I'd take Primo over Trey Jones, but I just think they're going to give Trey Jones the first crack at the job for sure. And yeah, Primo, like... doesn't Primo like profile more as a wing? Really? I mean, he's six, he's six, six. I don't know. I, in my mind, he's a three and kind of more of a three and D player, but I could be wrong about that. Second, like 25, 25 yeah. may know better than I do about I feel like we've got him too low on our depth chart. That's what I feel like. Well, Again, I, I don't know that per 36 minutes, you know, he was around 11 points, four boards, three assists, 0.7 steals, 0.9 blocks. I mean, there's a there's a blueprint there to, mm-hmm. to yeah, I, I absolutely think he's a guy. He has to be on our radar, especially in deeper leagues for now. Yeah. Would, you, would you take Josh Primo with your last pick? Uh, in like not a, yet. Yeah, not quite not yet. yet. But I mean, in, in that 30-team league we're in, I feel like he'd be, oh. Okay, Ozzy the dog is a Josh Primo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on to the next player. Let's go to someone I had on my list, D'Anthony Melton. Thoughts? Per 36, you can't argue, right? 17 points, 
seven rebounds, 4.2 assists, 2.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, three triples. You want to talk about the next Desmond Bain. These numbers right here are better than Desmond Bain's. Are the minutes going to be there, though? He's away from Taylor Jenkins. He's going to be in Philly playing behind James Harden with one hamstring. Tyrese Maxey's there. Right now, he's the third guard, and I think he can maybe reach 28 minutes. Maybe that's a little too bullish, but I think Melton, this is his year. We had Danny. My my dog has stopped barking for now. Thanks, Jonas. Yep. Uh, Steve, I just want to jump in and say we had Danny Pamels, um, you know, from NBC Sports Philly on the podcast, and mm-hmm. and I came away from that feeling encouraged about Melton, Melton's chance this year, um, maybe getting more of a more of a look. So, well, twenty eight minutes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't come away from the conversation with that, but I came away thinking, okay, remember that tidbit about Melton. I feel like the elephant in the room here is Kevin Durant. And suddenly I keep seeing Philadelphia linked to Kevin Durant. And in every one of those uh, things I've read about that, Tyrese Maxey mm-hmm. is is going uh, if they get Durant. I now, can't see. I, I just a can't lot of see ifs. Philly trading Maxey. I can't see it. A lot of ifs there. But if that were to happen, if Maxey. It's a big if. And it's Maxi, Tobias Harris, and Thibel, I think, for, for KD. Uh, if that happened, DeAnthony Melton suddenly is the man, it, absolute mm-hmm. man. It's not it's not a question of, ooh, is he going to break out this year? Is he a, a sleeper pick? He, he becomes like the guy. Like Jonas's dreams all come true in that moment. Can he get enough minutes with one hamstring, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxi in front of him? I'm not going to hold my breath in that scenario, but this chatter about KD to to Philly, man, if that were to happen, it would be exciting for Melton. Either way, because that does feel like a large hypothetical. I I still think Melton, he's a guy who any change of roster can't be a bad thing, right? Because we know he was stuck in this weird uh, minutes purgatory where he just couldn't break break you know get get that consistent chance that we want to see all right i had highlighted Jaden mcdaniels here and i want to hear what you guys think about this uh a third year player he put up around nine points four rebounds 0.7 steals 0.8 blocks 1.1 threes last year 26 minutes per game now one thing i'm going off of here is that it's been reported that you know, after the Wolves gave up this absurd haul for rudy gobert they would not include Jaden mcdaniels in that deal so it is a little uncertain how many minutes he can get, but I don't know if he's on the court enough with Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert. I think there's some low-level breakout potential here, Jonas. Maybe? Yeah, he was slightly disappointing last year. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt's breakout really, really hurt Jaden a little bit, yeah. too. So now he has a clear path to 30 minutes. There's no reason this guy can't average long-term 1.5 blocks minimum, right? He's super athletic, super long. I think he can be at 1.5 blocks this year, close to a steal, hopefully over a steal. He's athletic enough to do it. And the key with him is a three-point shooting. Is it going to be sustainable? It was hit or miss last year. He was at 1.1 in 25 minutes. That gets up to 1.5. Suddenly, we have a Gerald Wallace type with a three-point shot, and we're approaching very, very enticing territory here. I'm not as excited about this guy as you guys are. I, this whole Rudy Gobert situation, they have Gobert now starting at center. That moves Carl Anthony Towns to power forward. I don't know where Jaden's going to get enough minutes to play. 
well, to he put has up to play these some crazy three. numbers. He has to play some three. And yeah. I mean, it's Kyle Anderson. It kind of turns into like a little, I don't, I don't actually got to say, I don't know how many minutes Jade McDaniel played at the three versus the four last year, but that's where he would have to get, you know, well, and that's an important key too. Like, can he play the three? I mean, he's six, nine, 200, like that's small forward territory. If he can play the three, he's going to be really good. If, but if, if they're going to keep him at, at mostly power forward, I don't understand how it's going to work. So 33% of his minutes last year were as a three. Okay. So he can't so, play there. Right. So he's going to need that number. He's going to need that to go that up. That number's going to go up to like 50 or 60. I mean, if yeah, he's, at least. yeah. It, you'd, you'd hope. And that that's, again, it just seems like he's a priority for them. He played twenty around 26 minutes a game last year. They wouldn't give him up. If we see his minutes hold or increase slightly, there is potential here because his numbers went up from year one to year two. He seems like he's got the the skill set that we like in fantasy in terms of blocks, steals, and threes. So, again, I'm not going to be rushing to draft him, but he's just another guy, a later round guy who's on my radar. Is it possible he starts at, at small forward? I think so right now. It's, po- it's possible. I mean, what, it's probably him or Slomo at this point? Yep. Slomo's a second unit type guy, in my opinion. Let him run the second unit. Yeah. Okay. So we're penciling in Jaden McDaniels for 42 minutes a game and third round fantasy value. <laughs> Just good segue for Vanderbilt here. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I know yeah. you wanted to bring up Jared Vanderbilt. So, so take it yeah. away. Yeah. So Vanderbilt, one of the biggest surprises from last season was on my sleeper list for a reason. I had him starting next to Jaden McDaniels last year as my projection. It ended up being Vanderbilt getting the start at the four. But really, really like him in Utah. Apparently, teams are already calling Utah about him anyway, too. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see where he ends up. But 97th percentile steal rate for a power forward. Yeah. 94th percentile deflections. This guy is insane. Um, probably a top five rebounder in the NBA. Steve's laughing at me. I remember back in college. I like how we... Back in college, he was at 18.5 rebounds per 40. I'm bringing per 40 back. This guy oh, is yeah. incredible, man. And to, he can actually pass the ball, too. He, we never got to see that last year. But Vanderbilt, man, he is so, so good. And he's so unique, too. Like, no one else in the NBA, apart from, like, a Draymond without the passing, has this stat set, right? He's just really, really interesting. I agree. I, th- I also think it's funny how we... Steve's face, face is so expressive that we spend half our time trying to interpret what he's thinking while we're talking. Because <laughs> he's got these great... Steve's just kind of like half smirking, looking off in the distance while you're talking about Vanderbilt. It's just, I wonder what Steve's thinking right it's now. It's probably like, Jonas is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Valley Girl, dude. Like, <laughs> No, I was not laughing at you, Jonas. I, I do think like we've been too high on Jared Vanderbilt for two straight seasons, I feel like. and Have we? No, he, he outperformed last year in a big way. Like, I, Here's the way I look at it, right? His last two seasons in Minnesota, he went, I'm just looking at the numbers right now. He saw his points go from 5.4 to 6.9. He saw his rebounds go from 5.8 to 8.4. Steals went up. I don't know. I, I He's 23 years old. He's never going to be a great scorer, but he averaged around 7 points, 8 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 0.6 blocks last year. He's going to a team that is just, well, we don't know how cleared out it is yet, but... <laughs> He's yeah. he's got power forward to himself as of right now. Look, yeah, this is a guy I was getting the thirteenth round last year, and he was a sixth round total value, n- number seventy overall in twenty five minutes. Yeah, right. He's gonna he, he absolutely should get more than that in yeah. Utah. Utah looks bad. Yeah, they do. 
I mean, that's it looks rough. Like Tankapalooza, hello. Jared Vanderbilt is our our new star. I, I like him. I like Jonas. How high are you going to draft him? Uh, I'm going to let the the dominoes fall a little bit. See where he ends up too. I, like he's not going to be someone I take in mock drafts. Just I just want to see where people take him, and then I'll I'll go from there. I want to see what his market value is first. If he cards. was sixth sixth round value last last season, yeah, and I think he'll be available late rounds. Honestly, maybe you, you very end like of the middle rounds. Nine, yeah, because yeah, sounds about right. Jonas, you were saying that was total value, right? Total not value per game, not yeah, per total game. value, right? And seventy four games too, so right. Leave a little bit of room. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like it. I think we've we can just kind of go quick hits on the next few here before we get out of here. I wanted to mention the name Patrick Williams. He only played 17 games last year. He he had it at one or two huge stat lines, including like a 30-something point game, I think, when the Bulls were resting a bunch of guys late in the season. But per 36 minutes after returning, he was at around 13 points, six rebounds, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.33s. Those those aren't monster per 36 numbers, but there's at least in theory some potential here. Really high draft pick in 2020, I think number fourth overall. I, I'm not super high on him, Steve, but I guess I don't want to just – this is a guy I don't want to just write off as a potential breakout guy. I kind of have written him off. Um, <laughs> if he was sitting there at the end of my draft yeah. and he, you know, based on who else was available, I mean, I, I would not be opposed – to taking a flyer on him because I, I mean, there's, there's a reason the bulls drafted him where they did, but uh, I just haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, I, I would take a flyer on him late just because there has to be more to him than what we've seen, but I have not been impressed by Pat Williams at all. He's still 20. He turns 21 uh, in a couple weeks. Jonas, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm just going to disagree with Steve and everything today just to make it interesting. I, I had Patrick Williams as a big sleeper last year. Obviously, he did not start out hot. He played through that shoulder injury initially and did not look good. But he came back, and last six games, he was really, really strong too, right? He's not going to have that same usage, though. I have him right now as kind of like that late-round flyer territory, but I honestly do have big expectations for him. Like He has all the tools, right? He can block shots. He can threes. Mm-hmm. Um He's a little bit more of a playmaker than the Bulls have led on so far. I remember before his rookie year, they were like, long-term, he could be a point forward. Like yeah. He has some tools that we haven't seen yet, too. So I like Patrick Williams. I think he's a breakout candidate that you can get reasonably late. In that game that I mentioned where they were resting all their guys, and I think he's got to score like 35 points or something. I'll yeah, check. 35 but, points. But I, I was watching uh, this offseason. I was kind of re-watching some plays for that, and I was thinking to myself, uh, oh, wow, he's got – what Steve, you're watching Victor Wembanyama. Why, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> it's just funny. I once I got the kids to bed, I went back and watched some tape on. Steve, Pat I just Williams. I don't I don't think that can coming from you. I don't think you can. I watched that. Showing. I watched that Anthony. Steve. Yeah. You were just telling me that last night you were out with a friend watching YouTube basketball highlights, and then I mentioned watching some Patrick Williams plays, and you laughed at me. I just don't think your logic is sound here. Doc was watch, watching the lost tapes of Chris Boucher. <laughs> I, was watching bone, I was watching Bones. <laughs> Anyways, before Steve gratuitously laughed at me for watching basketball footage, which I think is pretty appropriate to do when we're on a basketball podcast, I was thinking to myself, Patrick Williams had more ball handling ability than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. That's all I was trying to say. Now that took 90 seconds instead of 10. Thanks, Steve. Kawhi 3.0, you heard it here first, right? 
What did I do? What was that, NA. Jonas? I said Kawhi 3.0. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, he's going to be really good, though. I'm just waiting for Matt to launch into the goodbye so I can interrupt it and no, we're talk not about someone else. We're not there yet. Um, in Charlotte, as we know, Miles Bridges' future in the league is is very much in doubt at this point. Let's talk about the guys who are there in that front court. You've got P.J. Washington. You've got Jalen McDaniels. Steve, I know you wanted to talk about kind of just the lay, the lay of the land in that front court for those guys. If Jaden McDaniels is not starting for Minnesota, I like Jalen better than Jaden. Somebody's going to have to play power forward this season for Charlotte. And it's, you know, P.J. Washington had a big opportunity last year. I feel like he kind of let us down a little bit. I, I think Jalen McDaniels is going to have a big year. I, I'm I'm kind of excited about him, really. That whole roster, in the words of Thanos, bores me. That's just apart from Lamelo, like Lamelo lost his lot there, obviously with Miles no longer there. They, he lost his lot there. Lamelo is the only exciting player on that team for fantasy, in my opinion. Yes, you could say Mark, like their center, Mark Williams, but Steve Clifford's there, right? Is Steve Clifford even going to play him? So there's not much to get excited about in Charlotte. I'm from there too, and I can tell you, there's not, <laughs> there isn't much I- buzz around here. So. So to speak, I kind of like PJ Washington. Are we not? Are we not mm-hmm. excited about PJ Washington? Yeah, he's just a little boring. I think. Right. He's boring, but man, he's for his career with varying minute. Well, he's been t- between twenty-seven and thirty minutes. I mean, we're talking about a guy f- averaging basically a steal a block and one point six threes. I don't know. I, I not a, not like a super high ceiling because he hasn't really ever taken off as a scorer or anything like that. But I don't know. I think he's solid. You can draft just, him. Just dead, dead silence. <laughs> dead silence from you guys. <laughs> I, was, I, I like PJ Washington. I kind of do too. I like both those guys. Like Jalen and and uh PJ, I think late picks, they're they're gonna they're gonna have to play. They're gonna have to do something. So I guess no, you're not gonna text your friends like, dude, I just got PJ Washington sixth round. <laughs> it's like he's just I didn't not understand like I was a, taking him in the sixth round. But how have we gotten this far through how have we gotten this far through this discussion without one Mason Plumley joke from Jonas? I know. Wow. Dude's gonna play thirty two minutes a year for Steve Clifford calling it now. Boom. <laughs> there it is. All right. We had more names, but we're already at forty five minutes. I don't wanna really they're all kind of pretty deep. Deep pulls. Jonas, do you have one, maybe one other name you want to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, I'll end on one. Isaiah Hardingstein, last 10 games for the Clippers last year, was top 45. And like, I think it was like 24 minutes. I wrote it down here. Yeah, 23 minutes. He was top 45. Like, he could easily get 20 to 24 minutes in New York, right? Mr. Robson usually fouls out in the first quarter, too. So I, I like Hardingstein late. I think he's going to be very affordable, too. Hmm. I like that. Brian Rosenworcel particularly enjoys that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I am looking forward to watching Kenny Lofton Jr. play basketball. That's all I got. <laughs> Steve, I yeah, I've noticed you're a big fan of him as well. Yeah, I like brought him. him up last time. I, I I watched him play a lot. Of, you know, contrary to popular belief, I do watch basketball. I watched a lot of. Kenny Lofton Jr. in summer league, and I, I like it. Yeah, 
but yet you're giving me a hard time about watching Patrick Williams footage. I, this <laughs> right. is this is just bananas, dude. Dude, I'd rather go like crawl under my car and change the oil on a hundred degree day <laughs> than sit and watch Pat Williams footage from last year. That's oh, harsh. No. I'm just gonna say it. That's harsh. I, I have one other name I'm gonna mention. This is really, really yeah. random, really off the radar. But I, I remember seeing this blurb on NBC Sports Edge on the Roto World Player News page and just kind of filing it away. So I'll mention it here before I forget. That's Isaiah Livers, James Edwards, third of the Athletic, called Livers a sleeper, said he could earn a starting spot in that front court. And I think it would, if you just think about it, right? Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bey, but maybe Livers can play the kind of a small ball four there. I think that's the idea. Um, um, I'm just saying that that guy's plugged into the team and per 36 minutes in his limited time last year, Livers was 11 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, two assists, 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks, 2.5 threes. Just a name to have on your radar. Again, I mean, we talked about Josh Primo today, so I feel like yeah. we could talk about any player. I, I mean, you're that's not kind of a, kind yeah. of a good call, man. They've got Marvin Bagley, Pete's sake. Yeah, but Casey loves him though, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I just think uh I think Livers is a name to at least have filed away, especially if you play in deeper leagues. Yeah, I mean if fantasy uh managers could run teams, they say, Yeah, let's start Livers, but they don't and Casey's gonna start Bagley because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> All right, Steve, uh for your benefit, do you know whose birthdays it is today? Nope. It is Chris Middleton and Dwayne Dedman's birthday on August. Ah, uh, Dedman, NBA legend. Steve's got his hat. Is it? That's been know. insane. I didn't know this was going to be an every week Steve, occurrence. What, are you mad about it? No, I love it. I've got my party pipe. Handy. He's got his party pipe. I've got my hat on. Hat. Birthday, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Dedman's not celebrating. He's in the gym, so he doesn't lose his spot to Yurt. Yeah. Here. Yeah. All right, Steve, thank you as always for that. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We will be back next Friday. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us. Steve, Jonas, enjoy your weekends. I will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.